this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, special guest, we've got George Harbon, our commercial director. All right, George, looking forward to talking all things Salford on the podcast. Very much looking forward to it, Rob. Thanks for having me. How's your week been, mate? Yeah, it's been good. Busy as ever. I think people think that the season ends and, and the action ends, but um, it's actually the busiest time of year behind the scenes, to be fair. Yeah, obviously off-season, like, like you said, it, it can quite, get quite busy for you, obviously, dealing with uh, sort of new sponsors possibly coming in. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's a lot of pressure points in this time of year. You know, we, we like I say, a lot of the stuff that you, you won't see that goes on is preparing orders for kit, which is substantial, you know, making sure that they come in on time and, and land with us at the right time of year so that the guys can get back into training and all the rest of it. Um, season tickets going on sale. Um, we'll start uh, looking at planning all the activations out for partners throughout the 2022 season and, and also trying to make sure that they're still being seen, you know, between now and February as well, because we don't want to lose that time and, and, and that interaction between partners and the fans so yeah it's a it's a it's a busy time deceptively busy I think yeah obviously you would say you were involved in in football before you came uh, to, to rugby league what's the difference obviously commercially between between the two is there a sort of a massive difference or, or not yeah it's pretty substantial to be honest uh it's pretty substantial you know I think in terms of the valuations of of partnerships and and that sort of stuff you know super league is probably at a level with League One, League Two in football, and um, I think that's probably a good place to sort of pitch uh, pitch rugby league if you're going to compare the two. Um, not that, but that doesn't include central distribution, TV rights, money, and all that sort of stuff. That's just purely looking at you know where the sponsorship values are. It's probably in and around that that sort of area. Yeah, obviously we've got sort of uh, some questions from our listeners. Well, I've got one from uh, Stephen Jolly. What's the, the best bit about being the uh, Salford's commercial director? The best bit about being Salford's commercial director, I, I think it's for me, it's been the project and being involved with a club that's. Um, you can tell from my accent, I'm not from the area. Mm. Um, Rugby league does not particularly exist in the Midlands where I'm from anyway. I know that we've got Coventry Bears are doing a fantastic job. Uh, down there, the guys are doing a, a great job to spread the word of rugby league. But in Birmingham, um, it's less it's less prevalent, um, and it certainly wasn't a sport that I particularly followed growing up. I think I'd been to one rugby league game before I started working for Salford. That said, having started watching it, you know, hooked on the game itself and the product, as, as people like to put it, on the pitch. But yeah, I think I think it's the project that's what I excites me the most about Salford. You know, seeing where we are. And seeing where we can get to the journey, the journey's there to be had. Um, and, and we said before around the stadium piece and moving and all that sort of stuff that this is it feels like a really momentous time in the club's history, um, where there's a few different bits and pieces happening, uh, you know, stadium conversations. And, um, you know, we, there's been we've obviously had the conversations about uh, fan ownership and things like that, that, that could be real markers in the sand to, you know, for the club to move on and really prosper. So that that's what excites me about and that's what I enjoy the most and it excites me about most about being involved with the club. It's fantastic. What's the hardest part? <laughs> What's the hardest part? Yeah. Um the hardest part I guess sometimes is trying to divorce yourself away from trying to remain results agnostic. Mm. 
and you know and trying to make sure that you know commercially you continue to act as you always would act you know and not not get hung up on a on a win or a loss you know the highs after a win you can't get caught up in that and and think that that's going to change the world and the lows after a loss you can't get caught up in that and I think that's going to change the world either you, you've just got to be you know we're here to certainly from a partnership perspective we're here to deliver something and um yeah keeping keeping that level headedness i guess obviously you've you've been here nearly 12 months now how far has the club moved on uh, commercially it's been it has been significant you know i think to give some context 2019 2020 and 2021 if we talk about sponsorship and hospitality revenue they were they were pretty stagnant throughout that period you know they, they were they were stable they, they didn't fluctuate too much you know one year they were up a bit one year they were down a bit and it wasn't it wasn't considerably different in any of those years as we move into 2022 um we will we will double revenue for the 2022 season across those two revenue lines as a minimum um we'll probably go over doubling that to, to a fair degree the other thing to consider is, you know, we're working on multi-year terms for the first time in a long time. So Selco, which has now been announced, is a three-year agreement. A lot of the renewals that we're doing with our existing partner base are also multi-year terms. So for 2023, a um, couple of years away still yet, our revenue for 2023 is at least um, comparative with where we have been in 20. 19 20 and 2021 so and we're not even there yet we haven't even started selling for that year yet but we've secured that revenue and locked it in already so for the first time in an, in a very long time we're actually able now to forward plan by a number of years and you know it might sound might sound really basic to other clubs who have who have got who've had a i guess a, a more stable footing um over a longer period of time than we have but you know the fact that we're able to do this now is testament to the work that the existing board, um, Paul King in particular, have done to stabilise the club um, since they since they took control. So it's 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 really really optimistic. You know we are in a position where we've we've taken a view of where we're strong, where we're weak. Had some very honest conversations with ourselves internally as a team, and and started to look at how we start to upskill ourselves and. And make sure that we can deliver the be the best commercial team that we possibly can be, um, with the resources that we have available, and that's led to a bit of a restructure taking place at the moment. And you'll see um, a couple of new hires come into the club, and you've probably seen them, the roles advertised actually. Um, that they'll be coming into the club in due course, and we'll and we'll start to add, you know, knowledge where we have gaps at the moment, and start to kick us on again even more so. So it's it's exciting commercially, and, and we've. Like I say, we've grown significantly. I think the area that we now need to start to focus on, um, and we will focus on it once we've got um, a new hiring place, is going to be around the ticketing and how we start to engage with new audiences. We're, we're very good at talking to our existing fan base, but all every fan that I've ever spoken to, and I see it regularly on Twitter and, and other social media channels, everyone's talking about how we need to get outside our existing fan base and bring in new blood and all the rest of it. We recognise that and, and we probably haven't done enough to to achieve that. And now with the with the grassroots projects that we've got going on, building the future that Paul Trainer and, and the rest of the team have, have, have really done a great job pulling together with the support of um, of the foundation. And then 
uh, what we want to do commercially will we'll be kicking on. It'd be great. Yeah, obviously, you say commercially, you know, we, we are growing. Is 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 the, the playbook different depending on how big the company is? Say it was like a, a blue chip big company. Is is that a different process you have to go through than sort of a local one? Um, I mean, yes and no. I think it shouldn't be. You know, we should we should be treating everybody um, absolutely the best that you know the best that we possibly can be. I think what you often find is is that the reasons for um, the reasons for doing doing work and doing a partnership are sometimes different. You know, uh, some of the local some of the local sponsors are doing it for the love of the club. And and that's kind of where where the line's drawn. Whereas some of the bigger partnerships, there's you know they're they're trying to develop certain areas of their business um, and are using sport sponsorship as a tool to help them to do that. Um, so it, it is a case of it is a case of really assessing what each individual brand that you're speaking to wants to achieve. I think where rugby league hasn't been great, and where we certainly haven't been great is going outside of the pool of of known brands or or geography or whatever else it is and you know selco for us um is a great example of how brands want to invest in this sport they do want to be involved you know they're not they're not ba- although they've got the store in Salford now they're not based locally their head the head office is, is down in the midlands so this for them you know is a real a real investment into the club and into the region but we as a club have to put ourselves outside of our usual comfort zones to achieve those partnerships. We can't um, expect that every partner we ever do is going to come from Salford and, and that's going to be enough because it won't. So I think it's it's about us. It's about us being ambitious enough to kind of go, yeah, we there are, there are great businesses in Salford and we want to work with them. There are great businesses in Greater Manchester and we want to work with them. But there are great businesses across the whole of the UK and we want to work with them too. We just need to make sure that we're not frightened or or cap ourselves essentially. And I think that's kind of what rugby league in Salford have probably done in the past. We kind of cap ourselves. Um that's what's so exciting about the Salco deal because it's come genuinely from fresh and you know, from a completely new area that we probably wouldn't have explored 12 months ago. Opportunity Club gives opportunity to businesses. And that and that's what that's what it's all about. And it's about us being in the, the right place and using our product to the advantage of both us and them. Yeah, I think so. Look, we, we are, pe- people might, depends how you look at us at the moment. Some people, if you've got a negative head on, might think that, you know, we're in a difficult position, but most people that I speak to see the the huge opportunity that we that we currently have at our feet, and mm. and that's certainly what um, sponsors are buying into. Um, it's it is it is a genuinely exciting time for the club, and you know that that's reflected in the types of conversations that we've been able to have lately. It's been it's, it's been all positive from from what we've seen commercially, without a doubt. How's the the COVID? How's the landscape changed since uh, COVID and Brexit hit? In the, in the commercial market, yeah, it's. I think it's easy to use COVID and Brexit as excuses. I mean, gen, you know, some businesses are genuinely impacted, but some other businesses have thrived, and that comes down to, down to us as a club to make sure that you know when we're targeting partnerships for revenue purposes that we that we go down the routes of, of the businesses that have thrived rather than the businesses that that, that haven't. Um, I feel sorry for our for our new kit manufacturers, mind you. You know, we, we obviously we've been out, we've announced VX3 in what is a, a record club agreement. 
Um, again, a fantastic uplift from where we've been in the last couple of years. Um, but I do feel for them in terms of all, everything that you see at the moment around logistics and shipping and all that sort of stuff. Um, I feel for them because they've got some deadlines to hit and it's going to be difficult for them to do it. But they, they keep me they keep me assured that it's going to take place. But, you know, the world is a, the world's a funny place at the moment. And it's uh, it's definitely COVID and Brexit are definitely impacted, but probably not to the extent that people might think. You know, it's not. It's easy to use it as an excuse, and we, and no business can afford to use it as an excuse. We all have to try and persevere, and we're the same. Yeah, the the VX three deal is a, is a record deal. Um, obviously, you know, kits are important, like you said, and you know, the logistics is is something that we have to sort of keep our eye on. Obviously, with Christmas coming up, it, it will be a big thing. Obviously, fans want kits, don't they? Uh, for for Christmas. Um, obviously, got plenty. We've got a bit. Have we, are we in like a closed window? Is is a window tight right now for that? No, no, I, I, no. For Christmas, we'll be fine. Oh, I'm, I'm very confident that we'll be okay for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm not worried about that. Um, yeah, I'm more worried about uh, you know being told off by the uh, the rugby department about training kit not arriving on time. Oh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> but but we'll, but we'll get we'll get there. But it is a massive part, isn't it, of, of the of the club's uh, sort of finances, you know, kits and things like that. It's important that us fans, when we get the opportunity, uh, you know, buy the shirts and buy the merchandise and put a bit of money back in the tank. Yeah, look, that's true. But at the same time, you have to have good stuff to buy. Hmm. Um, you know, you need to have you need to have good choice. There need to be um, there needs to be plenty of choice and good options for you, for fans to purchase and. You know, that's something that working with VX3, we definitely want to address and we want to change. You know, I think already I, I would hope that people who've seen um, the Allegiance tee with, with the fan names on and the Magic Weekend shirt, if if, um, if you purchase one, hopefully you can see the quality in, in the kits and what they're trying to achieve. And, you know, the rubberized crests and that they'll be making a return for the kits next year. Um, they'll be making a return, or they'll be introduced. Sorry to to training wear as well. So it's um, it's not just about fans putting their hand in the pocket every time uh, out of a out of a sense of loyalty. Like we also have to step up and and work with the right partners to deliver it. You know, to deliver stuff that you want to buy. Um, and I think we're going we're going to get there with that. It might take a little bit of time for us to learn a bit more. I think. One thing that's really important to, to, to probably touch on is as a business, um, and I know some fans will be up in arms that I've just referred to us as a business, um, but as a business, we, we, we've been we've been quite data poor over the last few years. Like we, we haven't had the best access to, to data so that we can understand purchase trends from fans, whether that's through retail garments and, and all the rest of it through to um ticket ticket purchase behaviors as well that's something that we're addressing um as a club we need to start to understand what makes what makes you guys tick as fans we need to understand you know when when do you like to purchase your season tickets how do you prefer to pay for them how do you how do you, you know what time of what time of the week is a better time of week for you to be buying a, a match ticket and and make sure that we start to tailor our are the opportunities that you've got to engage with the club and purchase through the club and and the ways that we're communicating those opportunities better because we we haven't done that 
particularly well in the last few years. So that's something that we're we're addressing as well. Um, how you know how do we improve that those communication channels? Um, and that isn't just about how do we improve opportunities to communicate for you to part with money, um, which is a very callous way of looking at things. It's actually about how do we just start to open up that dialogue more between the club and the club and the fan base. And obviously we we've relaunched the newsletter in recent months that comes out on a weekly basis. Um, we've, you know, whilst we had the fans forum around uh, the stadium, of which, you know, there'll, there'll be another announcement for another one coming up relatively soon, I'm sure. Um, we want to try and introduce those to be more frequent throughout the year. And, and a big part of, again, improving that communication and the opportunity for fans to have a voice and, and be involved in the club more is, is where we, we've already spoken about that. Uh, that community share scheme, that community ownership of the club, um, which again, we're going through a process at the moment of exploring, you know, what does that need to look like? What are the different ways that we can structure that, um, which the uh, which the supporters trust have had some involvement in as well. Trying to like negotiate um, sort of commercial deal. What's the, import, what's the most important aspects of, of the negotiation? To, uh, genuinely, it completely depends on, on what the brand are trying to achieve. You know, is it is it corporate social responsibility that they're looking to achieve? Is it just pure brand awareness and they just want to be seen on on Sky Sports? You know, we're, we're fortunate that we have that Sky Sports deal so that we can offer that national platform. Mm. Um, it will. Is it just about hospitality because they want to bring clients to a game? So I think once you understand what what that is, you, you can go from there. I, I guess the most important thing is that you listen. Yeah. Um, you know. I think probably the worst thing that we can do as a club is is kind of have a have a booklet that says this is everything it's this is everything that we've got to sell. Have a read of it and buy it. Um, you know, we need to be making the effort to really learn about what a business wants and then go from there. Now, there's levels to that. I think some some businesses are actually happy to kind of go well. You know this is what I'd like to spend, what what packages are there for this amount of money? And we are going to launch um, toward the back end of this year some new, some new sort of set sponsorship packages um, that will be, I guess, kind of targeting SMEs in the region that, that, are, that are more accessible than kind of what a partnership would be, which, which can be a lot more expensive. Um, and they'll be kind of prescribed um, rights that you can access. So, some advertising pitch sides and tickets or whatever else it might be. And then separate to that, we'll have the partnerships, which is kind of where, you know, we have you know, advanced deal and, and Selco and, um, and Mawson and, and those sorts of people. Yeah. Obviously under a previous owner, ability talked about Manchester being the, the golden goose that laid the golden egg. Um, how important is it? Obviously the, the, the sole sort of brand is, commercially uh, to us well for me it's really important because that's who we are yeah <laughs> um, I mean, for, I mean like for sort of businesses looking in are they can they, are they driven towards as much as as they are, would have been if we would have been Manchester do you think 
Look, the first thing, we're not Manchester, so no. it's not even a question we're talking about. No, no, like, we are. We're Salford, no. and that's it. Yeah. It's just like I say, he, he sold it like no, Manchester was the golden goose. I mean, that's the way we had to go. And luckily, we didn't decide to do that, which was great. But what, what I'm saying well, look, is, look, Salford is at Manchester, two cities, aren't there? And Manchester kind of get that sort of glow and Salford have to graph everything we need. And that and that's the way Salford is. Um, it's, it's do, difficult. do companies it's appreciate that? Compare, do they want to put their sort of cross by a Salford brand, do you think? Have you, have you seen that yeah, it's uh, diffi- sort of in the last sort of 12 months? It's difficult to compare because when you, when you look at Manchester, it does look shiny, but then they've got two of the biggest football clubs in the world yeah. based out of that city. So it, it's going to look shiny. Mm. Um we're shining in our own right, and we should never forget that. Um, so, so I don't, I don't think us being Manchester Red Devils would have, would have, an, would have a much of a bearing. To be honest, uh, you know, we're we're, we're right next door. Um, it's it's no more effort for people to come from Manchester than it is for people to come from Salford ultimately. Um, and you know. We, we represent the city that we are, and that, and that is Salford. That's not to say that Manchester isn't important, because it absolutely is, and so is so is the rest of Greater Manchester. But when it when it comes down to our identity, we are Salford first. Um, we're Greater Manchester second, which I think is I think is fair enough. Yeah, and it showed with the obviously the grand final appearance with sort of twenty five thousand Salford fans that, that that turned up. There is sort of appetite out there. Uh, you know, for for the rugby league club. Yeah, the, the, there is, there is, and the, and there's appetite out there further afield than just Salford for Salford Red Devils, mm-hmm. um, and that's what we need to tap into. That's where you know we need to get better at understanding who who the new potential fans are and start to talk to them and reach them better than we currently have been. And that's that's in the plans for 2022. Now, look, that isn't going to change overnight. That isn't going to add a thousand onto a onto our attendances by mid-2022. That's just not going to happen. But what we do want to achieve is, throughout the course of the next 12 months in particular, being in a position where we are engaging with um, new uh, new potential fans, you know, new try, try and win over people to come and see a game. Because I, I do genuinely believe that if you come and watch a game of rugby league, you, you, you're hard-pressed to find something that's more entertaining as a spectacle than than rugby league. I think what we have to do better as a club are probably some of the bits and pieces around it, which has been very, very difficult to do since I've been with the club. So I haven't seen um, some of the stuff that I'm sure has taken place prior to COVID being there, um, which which is which is obviously tough. Um but we, we, you know, we'll have a better crack of the whip in 2022. We haven't been able to do anything since the return of fans, and that's why it's felt, you know, you you guys have had to kind of turn up on the match day, just watch the game, and then go home. And it hasn't been right. It hasn't been a it hasn't been an experience. But we haven't been able to deliver that experience because of the restrictions that are placed on uh, on us. So we're looking forward to addressing that um, in due course as well, and hopefully start to address it throughout 2022. But certainly have it right for 2023 season, um, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, you won my heart then when you when you were talking before about sort of data driven and getting information off people to sort of mould the club's approach to to get new fans, and that's an important thing I think, obviously, because you know this club is 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 an opportunity click. It's growing all the time, and if you can sort of put the right building blocks in the right places, uh, you know the the moon's the moon's there to be hit. 
I totally agree with you. And look, one thing that struck me in, massively, literally from before, you know, as I was getting ready to come into this position um, throughout the back end of, of 2020 and then into 2021, knowing that I was coming into Salford, one thing that struck me is the sheer passion of the fans that we've got. And I know that we always, you know, refer um, to our own fan base, you know, and the fans refer to themselves as being small in number, but loud in voice and, and all the rest of it. And it's absolutely true. It's phenomenal that the, the Salford support is fantastic. Um, and, and that's where, you know, we kind of, as we kind of know that we've got this really stable base that underpins the club and it's, and it, and it's, and it's crucial for the club. Uh, and ultimately it's, it's, it's there for, it's those fans who, who keep the club going. Um, but now it's about, going on a journey with those fans at the core to say, right, we need to grow now. We need to start to, we need to start to bring in people from here, there, elsewhere to, you know, to add to that following and, and to grow the club. And like I said, that isn't going to be something that we can achieve in 2022 alone. That's, that's a journey for us to go on just in the same way that the commercial revenue growth is a journey that we want to go on. You know, we, we've got a target of, of quadrupling that commercial revenue that I mentioned to you, yeah. excluding ticketing. So just focusing on sponsorship and hospitality. We want to quadruple that by 2024. We're on, we're on track to do it. The, the, the kind of the third year of that is going to be quite difficult to do because we'll be in, we've already had some big wins that are on multi-year contracts. So it's going to be difficult for, to, for us to eke out the, the, you know, the additional value in the, in probably the third and fourth years of that. But we're on that pathway across a lot of different areas of the club and, and there's frameworks in place for us to achieve those objectives and those goals. Um, but it is, it is now about it being a bit of a journey to go and achieve that. Well, you're hoping when it comes sort of year three and four, other companies are looking in from the outside and be thinking, you know, let's dive on Salford because they're, they're, they're on the way up and then they'll join in so they can join in a four years. So then you get the role, don't you, of other companies coming in at different times? Yeah, look, I'm I'm absolutely sure that by the time that that kind of period rolls around, we'll be in a great in a great position. We, you know, we've a lot of the stuff that you won't see is, is the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So, you know, Hannah Kilby, who's who works um, in the club commercial team, she's doing a fantastic piece of work at the moment, which is around completely restructuring the way that we engage with our partners. Um, now, the benefit of that is, is number one, it delivers better value to the partners. Uh, you know, they won't have seen that yet. They'll see it through the course of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that they'll, um, you know, once we get to the end of 2022, I'm, I'm really confident that our, that our existing partners will be kind of going, wow, compared with 2021, 2020, 2019, we're in a much different place to what we're experiencing. For, you know, we're putting our money and we're getting, we feel like we're getting a lot more for it. So she's working on a fantastic piece of work to make sure that happens. Um, the benefit of that is twofold. Number one, our existing partners, are, uh, you know, are more engaged with us. They see the value in what they're getting through being aligned with the sort of Red Devils. But number two is we can create those case studies that when we're speaking to other brands moving forward, we can demonstrate, well, this is what we've delivered for um, such and such, and this is what we delivered for so-and-so. Um, and we've got genuine advocates within our within our partner uh, partner base that will that will say, yeah, get involved, because it, it, this is a great club to be involved in. Now, some of our partners, sponsor multiple clubs and what we want to achieve over the course of the next 12 months is at the end of the year we want to be able to go well you know you sponsor that club that club and that club you know where do we stack up Mm. and we want to we want to be the we want to be the top one so 
yeah, you know, it, it is exciting. And like I said, there's there's that's one example of that 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 Hannah's doing a great job of working on. But then there's there's other examples of that in other areas that other people are working on too, which is which is exciting. Yeah, I suppose it's about growing the club, but then also growing the sport as well. Um, that's is that something you can look at, obviously playing our part in that process. Um, Paul Trainer and the foundation and some of the work that Paul Rowley has been doing as well with Paul Trainer um, are, are far more important to to growing the game at a grassroots level than anything that I work on. Um, but the ambition that I do have is in, in, in whatever small way that we can as a club is to just to try and attract new brands into the sport. And then for other clubs and anyone else involved in the sport can kind of go, well, look, actually, there, there is there is interest from from brands outside of the region or outside of the sport that, that as it is at the moment to come into it. Because um, ultimately, that's just more money, isn't it? That's just more money coming into the sport that isn't in at the moment and that's what we're experiencing from 2021 season going into 2022 season we are bringing in more money into the sport into our club than we previously have had um, which is obviously a huge win for us yeah Toulouse has been promoted to, to the Super League uh, this season um, how does that affect us sort of commercially as as a as rugby league and as Salford as well does do we have do we feel the effect of them being in Super League well, uh, we certainly feel the effect of having to travel to, to France yeah. twice. Yeah, <laughs> um, there is that. I think that that that's for sure. Um, it's a, it's a real. This is a real hot potato subject, to be fair. And you know, I don't I don't really know how I sit on it. If I'm being honest with you, I don't have a firm opinion either way. I've, I've read a lot in the last week from, you know, unquoted sources saying that it's detrimental and we should, you know, pull up them pull up the the drawbridge and. And, and kick the French guys out and then there's there's other quotes attributed to other people that sort of say well actually um, it's really beneficial for the for the development of the game the, the truth is Rob I'm not I'm not sure um, I think if we can secure a French broadcaster then absolutely it's positive hmm. uh, of course it is um, do I think that it means that we're going to get French sponsors or, or anything like that coming in, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I'd be surprised if that's the case, um, to be honest. But, yeah, I, I don't like know. Saying, for me, they talk about sort of the French clubs coming in, which which is fine, and, and it, it grows the profile of the sport. When, when does you know, when, did, when does the next TV deal finish? When is that is that soon, do you know? No, we've got... Um, so it's not long been... It's not long been agreed for this year, so ah, I think right. I think we might have an yeah we've got another year at least of of the existing agreement. Okay. Um, you caught me on the hop actually. I'm not, no, I'm no. not entirely I'm, sure. It's it, it's. Uh, and the deal sort of comes around to be renewed. They for them being there and Catalan being there as well. Our um, sort of deal has to be higher because we're we're broadcasting out to to another country into different different places. If it's not higher than it is now, then does that mean expansions failed? Well, there's, there's two ways to look at that, isn't there? Because mm. you know the domestic the domestic deal that targets the UK is reduced yeah. because because you know you're, you're not broadcasting from France back into yeah. into into the UK. So look, if we can add a French broadcaster to the mix, then I think I think it does increase. Yeah. It does get better. But you know we'll, that's a double edged sword, and that's and that's the thing that we'll we'll find out in due course um, whether that's a bit of a benefit or not. Obviously, back to to, to Salford. 
uh, now. Uh, now there's, there's, there's talk about sort of moving uh, sort of to more lane from the AJ Bell. Commercially, what 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 makes sense uh, for for the club? Um, I think it depends on what happens with 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 a move. You know, if and and it's worth saying, you know, there's obviously conversations going on in the background that we will have another fans forum when the timing's right for that. Um, I, I don't think we feel like there's enough to report right now. Yeah. Um, there isn't anything that's concrete enough for us to come and, you know, say with any conviction, this is what's yeah. happening. Um, otherwise we would have done that, but things are, you know, in the background are, are moving in, in the direction positively, uh, you know, towards just trying to get to more lane. But again, there's so much that can take place before then. However, let's assume that we do end up going to more lane. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, I think it's a, it, and the, if the deal is right, it can be a very positive move for us. Mm. But again, there's, there are so many factors that go into that deal being right, Rob, that it's really hard to, to make a judgment call on it now. Um, and it'd be remiss of me to kind of start hyping everyone up and going, yeah, let's get there now. Like it's going to, it's going to be the best move that we ever make. Like it, it has the potential to be very good for us. Um, it has the potential to not happen and we end up going somewhere else and that could be very bad for us. Um, so it, it's, it's one of those where I think it, like I said, it would be remiss of me to hype it up or to, or to, or to dim it down or to say that, you know, Manchester would be awful or Manchester would be brilliant or, more lane would be awful or more lane would be brilliant because there's so many factors that still have to play out. But without shadow of a doubt, the potential is there for it to be for it to be really good for us commercially. I think one thing that is for sure is that the AJ Bell isn't viable for us. Mm. Like we, we we can all we can all agree on that um as a starting point. But you know, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of conversations that still need to take place that that are taking place and that we're trying to work through as quickly as we can and as diligently as we can to secure the best possible footing for the club moving forward. You say it's not valuable. Um, obviously, if if we sort of quadruple our sort of um, commercial um, incomings, would it be, or is it just is it just a dead duck? I mean, look, would it be in a sense of could we afford it? Yeah, we could. Um, but but what you have to, what you also have to consider is you know our, the tenancy agreement that we have at the moment, which we you know we're not paying for in in full, um, comes up at the end of 2023 anyway. So and, and that was a deal that was struck kind of 10 years ago, yeah, and we're yeah. not we're not paying the rates that are 10 years old. So mm. are we going to be able to pay the rates when they're reset in 2023? Probably not because they're going to go up. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be relative. I think by the time we get to 2023, yeah, we will have more revenue. But uh, at the same time, I would be amazed if the rent didn't jump uh, yeah. along with the fact that it's it's 10 plus years on since the original deal was struck. And obviously, sort of potential uh, sort of commercial partners that might come in. Do you, th- do you think that affects where we play, whether it's at the AJ Bell? Do you think people will... So I'll continue to search us out if we are at Morning Lane, do you think? Yeah, I think we'll be fine. I don't see it being an issue at all. I, I actually think that, you know, sponsors coming to a, to a stadium that's absolutely rocking um, will be better than sponsors coming to a stadium that, you know, is two of the stands are closed. Mm. So I don't see it. I don't see that being a negative impact at all. I think if 
if you have a negative view of it, you'll find a negative angle. Yeah. Um, but I, I absolutely don't have a negative view of that whatsoever. Um, but at the same time, I, I also don't have a negative view of the AJ Bell in that respect because it is a great facility. Um, there's no two ways about it. It's, it's a good place to have partners and sponsors come into because it, 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 it's a, it looks great and, and the facilities are good. But at the same time, more lane can be that as well. And more lane can be um, all those things as well. Look, uh, and, and anywhere we go can be that if we make it. It's, it's not necessarily just about talking about more lane here. Um, so, yeah, that, that isn't something that worries me. And, and as we're having the conversations with people who are coming on board with us, you know, we've, we've, we've made them very aware of the situation that's ongoing. It's not like we've we've tried to pull a fast one and they haven't bothered reading the newspaper for the last 12 months. Everyone knows the, the situation that we're in and, and we've, we've levelled on that as well. And everyone's bought into the opportunity it presents rather than, you know, the reverse of that, which I don't think will, I don't think will happen. Yeah, obviously we're still in search of a, of a new coach. Um, does that does that have any have impact on on sort of commercial sort of relationships? Our, our businesses kind of like, oh, you haven't got a coach yet. What are you doing? No, I don't think so. I think uh, th- th- there is probably there's probably a little bit of stuff that's more localized. You know, I know that we, you know we've we've got player sponsorships that we're looking to renew, and I think people might want to know whether they think that the player that they've sponsored is going to be fancied under a new head coach or not. Um, I think they'll do well to figure that out because, you know, it's it's hard to second guess what any head coach is going to do with the squad. But so we understand that. I do, I do get that totally. And and people want to take their time and see, you know, how they, what what style of play they think will be played. But, but other than that, no, I don't think it has a huge impact to be honest. Uh, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been something that we've we particularly struggled with. We've got a couple of questions from a couple of listeners, uh, George. Uh, so for a Devils fan, um, can we have a list of the sponsors on the website? I think it's obviously so who's sort of supporting the club. Yeah, look, we we need to we need to address that, and we are going to address it. Um, we will we will have something like that in place before the start of the twenty twenty two season. Mm. We want to be in a position where you know, fans can see and it, it's good for fans. It's good for our partners as well, that they can be recognised as, as being a partner. And so, yeah, we will be, we will definitely introduce that. Um, can we have a list of offers slash discounts for season tickets? We did have uh, season ticket holders. Sorry. I, we did have a few years ago, have a kind of thing. I think it was for Nando's. You could go on a Monday and get some cheap chicken, uh, I think, or something like that. Is, is that something in the pipeline? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I know it's been something that we've done in the past. I know that it's been something that we've discussed. It's not something that's currently that we're currently actively working on, um, to be honest. But it doesn't mean that it isn't something that we can pull together relatively quickly. So you know, the fact that it's come up as a as a question is means that it will be something we 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 go back and have a conversation about. And I think that's the important thing um, about what I was saying earlier about communication and all the rest of it. We we just need to hear these things i guess and you know go away come back to you with yes we're going to do it and no we can't do it and this is why all um but yeah that, that's good feedback and we'll we'll have a conversation about that i think if i get a link up with costa coffee and nando's you know rugby players you know run on chicken and coffee don't they so i think we'll be all right there <laughs> very well could be by the sound of it anyway um other other questions um i think from it's Sally 
Johnson. She says, um, any possibility of signage uh, around the city? Obviously, when you go into different places, Warrington have welcome to Warrington, home of Warrington Wolves. Uh, any chance of, of a similar thing for us in the city of Salford? Yeah, I mean, it's not our gift to give as a club. Um you know that that's that's down to uh, the local authority, but it, it, there's no reason that we can't we can't address that with the local authority. Obviously, there's plenty of dialogue taking place with the local authority at the moment. Um, so yeah, appreciate appreciate that coming up, and we we can certainly have that ask that question and have that conversation. I suppose it looks good, but how much does it add? Do you think to our sort of presence? Yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't think it's. I don't think it is a huge will have a huge bearing on people coming to the uh to, to watch us for instance but at the same time you know any exposure is good you know um i say any exposure probably not any exposure but certainly good in stuff the, the city, <laughs> yeah the good stuff is good the bad stuff definitely isn't um no but exposure across the city yeah, yeah is, is good for us to have 100 percent um and certainly as people are coming into the city as well um and i think we you know we want to be I think the club is synonymous with the city and we want to make sure that we are synonymous with the city. Um, you know, a club that's been around for as long as we have and, and being the elite sporting club of the city, it's important that the awareness is there mm. and, and, it, and it's probably fair to say that it hasn't been um, as much as it should have. I think it's more of a subconscious thing, really, because obviously if you, you see a sign and you think, oh, yeah, that's I live there, but that doesn't add any physical sort of money value to, to our club. You just drive it past a sign at you twice a day yeah and we've seen that already because we, you know we've, we've done some outdoor advertising over the course of the last probably 24 months or so mm-hmm. um and it hasn't it hasn't impacted now we probably haven't made the best use of it in the way that we've deployed it so you know we will we will be looking to do another outdoor campaign across Salford and, and into some areas of Manchester um o- over the course of the next couple of months um, and it will be something that we start to try and track over the course of, again, throughout 2022, as we try different marketing um, tactics as well, just to get the awareness up of the club. So we are we are, we are going to be pushing about out, I think it's probably fair to say. Yeah. Uh, Natalie Taylor uh, says, how difficult is it to get a multi-year improved main sponsor deal? Uh, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not easy. It's tough. No, it's not. It's not easy. Um, it's not easy. I think it's probably worth saying, um, you know, Mawson, because uh, I, I, I've seen this question be asked, Mawson are still involved with the club. Mm. We've we've agreed a multi-year renewal with Mawson. Absolutely delighted that we've managed to um, to secure that as well. Although I, I don't think it was ever in too much doubt with Jed being there because he's, uh, you know, he's a... Uh, He's a man of Salford, isn't he? Um, and I don't think he was ever not going to be involved with the club, which is fantastic. So that that will be that will be announced uh, very very soon that, that that they're going to be continuing to work with us. And then in terms of in terms of going out and securing a new agreement, yeah, it, it, it is difficult. I think I think like I said already, the one thing that benefits us is, is that at the moment we're a great story. Mm. You know, we really are, and with the opportunity that we've got ahead of us over the next couple of years. The, the pathway bits that we're working on, the community elements as well. You know, we are we are a good opportunity for people to align with. So that stood us in good stead. Um, but yeah, I think with with the way that with the way that the sponsorship market is at the moment, 
um, and the way that businesses have, have probably been post Brexit, post COVID, it has been tougher than it maybe would have been in the past. But that we we just had to cast our net further and farther than we than we ever have done previously, and and we've come up trumps with a with a fantastic partnership with Selco, which genuinely is a is a is a bit of a game changer for us as a club and not just in terms of um, in the commitment that they've made to us over the course of the three years but also the caliber of brand that they are the fact that they are a nationally recognized brand and um uh, it, you know as a as is Mawson for us as well in the previous in the last couple of years but um it's uh, it's been really positive but difficult Getting your crystal ball out uh, George, in, in five years' time, because Ian Blees and, uh, talks about getting five uh, Salford kids through the system and into the first team in, in five years' time, mm. where, where, do you see, where do you see us commercially in five years? Look, I, think, I think we're in a really good position just to continue to grow. I think the big area for us to, the, the big area that we need to improve on is, is tickets. Mm. That's the area that needs to get better. The commercial revenue around sponsorship and hospitality will, will that will that will now accelerate over the course of the next three to four years, right. and it will accelerate because we've we've already got a very we've got strong partnerships that are tied into multi-year agreements. Mm. So once we once we get settled for 2022, it will be a case of adding a bit more for 2023 with a solid base already there. And like I've already said, our 2023 numbers are already surpassing our 2019, yeah. 2020, and 2021 numbers, which which is great. Um, so we've got a really steady base there. Next up for us now is how do we address how do we address getting more bums on seats? Mm. How do we make that happen? Because without a shadow of a doubt, that's the biggest revenue apart from the central distribution money, broadcast mm. money. That's the biggest revenue line for the club. So we need we need to make sure that that starts to to move, and it hasn't it hasn't been moving. So what obviously we, we've seen sort of um, sort of special offers you know, for, for schools and things like that and, and offers in the community for people. How do you, how do you convert a, a special offer into it, into a, a full play, full payer? Is it, is it going to be, a, do you think the best way is kind of a gradual drip feed and pay, pay nothing, pay five, pay 10, pay, pay full, or is it, is it difficult to go from none to, to full straight away? I think it's difficult, and and I don't think there's an exact science to it either, because I think different er, different you know different areas of the country will have different types of people living in them, will, will have different attitudes towards their local sports teams, and yeah. um and all the rest of it, all all the demographics that come in with that as well. So I don't think there is a uh, a one size fits all solution to that, and that's where the data comes in. You know, we need to we need to take the time now to see how people interact with us, listen um and start to build up a picture and that's why it won't be a quick fix because we can't do that over three months no. that's going to take years for us to get to the, you know a, a, a strong position um we also have to look at historically you know and, and you know we, we addressed this when we had the fans forum we've never been a club that had fifteen thousand people coming to come into a game so let's not start talking in fantasy stuff that that's going to happen now because it's highly unlikely. There's there's more competition for leisure spend now than there was 20 years ago, and we weren't doing it then. So um, that said, there there are there is definitely an improvement that can be made. We just need to figure out what we think that the the top line of that improvement can be. Um, 
and time will tell on that, Rob. But it definitely isn't what it is at the moment. That's for sure. Um, I think you know what we have at the moment is a, a brilliantly loyal core supporter base that you know through whatever will always come and support the club, and that's that's fantastic because that's what we can hang our hat on as a club mm. um, and and grow from there. The, the next step now is is how do we bring in those people who are kind of on the periphery? How do we start to win them over? And that's the journey that we're going to have to go through. We're going to have to, you know, can we get them to one game? Can we get them then to three games? Can we then get them to half a season? And then if they're coming to half a season, can we get them to come to a full season? And it, it is going to be gradual and it's going to be long term. Yeah, I think, like you say, it's the growth. Then also finding out the reasons why people don't come back. I think that's an important part of it because a lot of people... What I don't want us to turn into is like a, you know, a place where people go just once, like you go to Chester Zoo once. You know what I mean? It's, it's finding a way to 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 hook them in, and if they don't want to come back straight away, you want to find out sort of why to help you build uh, sort of the brand. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. I, I just the the thing that I I really just want us to be able to do is kind of grab sports fans yeah. from Salford and Greater Manchester and just get them down and just come and watch a game live. Because you know, for whatever reason, um, probably probably not fair to say of, of all matches, but sometimes rugby league doesn't uh, isn't always doesn't always translate the, the best it can be onto TV. Um, so, but when you're in that stadium and you're seeing it firsthand, there is no better. You can't experience rugby league better than that. Mm. That is that is the pinnacle of of watching this sport. We just need to get more people to to see that because when I when I speak to um, you know, we've had we've had some people up in up in hospitality, and when I've been having a conversation with them, they, they've never been to a game before, don't know what to expect. You speak to them at the end of the match. I can't believe I've never been and watched rugby league before. It's what a fantastic game! It blows football out of the water. Yeah. Um. You know, in terms of sheer exhilaration and and um, and excitement, all the rest of it, and and you can't argue with that really. You know, no. it's it's non-stop. It's grueling. Um. The guys are uh, phenomenal athletes. So. We need to we need to spread that message, but there's also other messages that we need to spread as well. We can't just be targeting, you know, one set of a potential fan based on the athleticism and the ac- the action in the sport. We need to be targeting other other groups of um, potential fans for other reasons. We need to be more than one thing to to everybody. Yeah, I think I think the thing as well historically, uh, we haven't that been that successful. But in recent times, we've got to a grand final and a, a Challenge Cup final, so people have seen us, uh, you know at the highest level it's about for me it's about competing at that highest level for a sustained period of time because then people sort of recognize us as a, as a top team and are more likely to come and sort of watch us yeah yeah i, I agree with that I, I think success is success is always helpful i think the, the only the only thing i would say to, to challenge that is is that you know we've had success in the last couple of years probably some of the best success we've had in a very long time and it hasn't it hasn't converted and you know part of that's us as a club we have to look at ourselves and go well what did we do to convert it not a lot you know we've got to be honest and 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 sort of go how did we how did we capture those you know those people after they came to um came to the grand final we didn't Mm. so that's 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 on the club as well really so it can't just be on the people who attended and then didn't attend afterwards. It's on it's on us as uh, you know needing to have converted those people. So 
it's a journey. It's, it's it's about learning. It's about, like I've said already, it's about have, making sure that we've got the right infrastructure in, in at the club so that we can capitalise on those opportunities. And that's something that will that will absolutely be in place by January 1 of, of 2022. You know, we've got a few people working notice periods before they can come on board with us that will that will absolutely be able to start to move the needle. And, and that's what's exciting. You know, you can see the building blocks fall into place. And that's that's just me speaking after the limited amount of time I've been with the club. You speak to Paul King, to what he has had to come into and steady and sort out is utterly phenomenal. And and that, the guy needs to write a book in a few years' time. But, um, you know, he, he's done a phenomenal job to, to move us from where it was when he walked through the door to where we are now and and he still does a phenomenal job on a day-to-day basis um so but but all of that work that him and the board and, and other people within the club have done up to this point now puts us in a position where we can start to really look at growing and, and developing because we've, we've got stability for the first time in a while um and that and, and like i said already i keep using the same word but that's the exciting thing about the club it, it's it is optimistic You've got the right people in the right places. You've got the right support. And and now you've got the opportunity to look at the detail. And that, that's what, the devil in detail. There you go. There's one for you. There it's you just go. a yeah, matter absolutely. of, like I say, you find the right, sort of what, what like you say, turns the turns the dial uh, and, and brings people in. It's just about testing and learning now. That's what yeah. we need to do. Yeah. We need to test and learn. We need to test and learn with our fans, with you guys, to sort of see, you know, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. What, ca- what captures the imagination and what doesn't. Um, we need to test and learn with new potential fans. We need to test and learn with partners, you know, to see what works for them and what doesn't work and, and start to build up a knowledge base of of all of those things. And then from there, just continue to prosper and grow. And we won't get everything right. You know, that's that's it's really important to say that, you know, just because we're talking posit- positively now, we will do things that will, that will be monumental errors, no doubt about it. But... That, that that those errors are learnings uh, in in the path for us achieving the success that we're going to achieve. To be fair, I think you'll be all right. I think we've we've suffered a few monumental errors previously. I think we won't go back there. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> um, we learned from plenty of them. Yeah, um, just obviously the big news uh, today that Monopoly, um, a Monopoly Salford division has been brought out, and we're on it, uh, which is which is great uh, for us, isn't it? Look, it's fantastic. It's really, really good. You know, we we had some conversations with the guys at Monopoly earlier on in the year. You know, they were very, very keen to make sure that we featured here. You know, they understood what Salford Red Devils mean to the people of Salford, mm. um, and it was a it was a very easy process to go through with them actually. And I, I'm delighted that we're on there. I think it's you know Monopoly is iconic as a game. It's yeah. a and and for us to feature is fantastic. And I know that. Uh, Hannah, who I've mentioned already, Marcel Locke and, and Chris Atkin went down to the launch this morning um, and had a great time there. Um, I think Chris has been roped into having a few uh, few suspect photographs taken with Mr Monopoly and, and a few other bits and pieces. But um, yeah, look, it, it is really positive and it wouldn't be a Salford version of Monopoly if we weren't involved in it. You know, yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't be right. So no, I'm, I, am, I am really pleased that we're in there. And just in time for Christmas as well, people can rush out as well as buying the season tickets and the shirts. They can buy a Monopoly board and play that Boxing Day. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, look, it's uh, 
is it what, what a Christmas present it is. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, family arguments taking place on Boxing Day. Few <laughs> <laughs> still from Monopoly sets getting flipped up in the air. <laughs> Stick a couple of old towels on us. That'll that'll sort us out. <laughs> yeah, it should do. Should do. <laughs> yeah. So big thanks for joining us on on this uh, podcast, George. Been great talking to you. Uh, very insightful and uh, yeah, fantastic. Big thanks to you for coming on. No, look, it's been a real pleasure. Um, you know. Thank you very much for having me and uh, I guess message to the fans is thanks again for all of their support because I can't stress it enough without them. Um, the club club wouldn't be here. So, you know, again, huge thank you and thanks again for, for supporting. Yeah. So big thanks to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. See you next week. Devil in